Hello and welcome everybody to another episode of the world's greatest podcast. That's the way the cookie crumbles. We hope you've all had a nice summer so far. The Euros was, uh, it was heartbreaking for us, but the cookie pod boys are back and we're going to cheer you up with a bit of transfer speculation and who your team should sign this year for the Barclays Premier League. So we've actually randomised seven teams for me, seven teams for Stan and six for Jim in the Premier League this season. We're going to tell you who and why they should join your club. Starting with Arsenal, Stan, kick us off. Yeah, bit of a difficult one, really, because I do think they have a few holes in the team. Um, I think they lack genuine creative quality. Uh, I know they want James Madison. I was leaning towards him a little bit, but without sounding harsh, I do want to keep this realistic. And for me, James Madison going to Arsenal would be a step down. So I've looked at the midfield. I know Shaka's staying, um, but Ruben Neves is available for the price of £35 million. Um, played in the Premier League for a few years, still only 23, 24. Um, as much as Shaka played well during the Orals for Switzerland, I do think that getting the ideal partner in for Thomas Barty would be good for them to get that structure in the team. They brought in Ben White, adding Ruben Neves into that middle, a little bit of bite, but quality as well. And like I say, 35 million, you can't really go wrong for that. He's, you could say he's proven himself in the Premier League and I think he'd slot straight in. Yep, spotting straight in there, 100% for the Gooners. Next up, we've got Aston. Yeah, that's me again. Um, yeah, I'm I mean... In the limelight. <laughs> I know. Um, I'm taking this as if Grealish has gone to City, because obviously £100 is a lot of money, and the rumours are now that, you know... It's pretty 50-50 as to whether he's going to sign that contract or with Villa or sign the contract with City. So I'm going to take it as if he's gone just because it seems to make the most sense to me. And a player I think that they should go for who will slot straight into the number 10 position is Jesse Lingard from Manchester United. I think that he did really well at the end of the season, last season for West Ham. Um, and yeah, I think they've obviously they've lost Ross Bartley. But I think Lingard going into that number 10 position with maybe Bailey and Buendia either side of him with Ollie Watkins up front, then you could maybe between, you know, that that three behind Ollie Watkins replace Grealish's creativity. So that's definitely something I'd be looking at. Yeah, I mean, it, obviously big news if Grealish does go to Man City and it looks like already like Stanford there with Emmy Buendia, Leon Bailey, they are preparing for if Jack does depart and a team that have just departed, but they've departed in a good way from the championship to the Premier League is Brentford. They're my team that I've got on this randomizer. And the player that I think could be the missing link for the Bees is David Brooks of Bournemouth. So, Brenny usually play either a 4 3 3 or a 3 5 2, predominantly in the championship. Brooks gives you the option there to play left side of a midfield three or as a number 10 if you decide to play with a playmaker as that focal point. And he can even go out wide. He, he has been known to play as a similarly inside forward, playing off the right. Obviously, he's very good left foot. And I think it's a position they need to address to get some firepower in there with Ivan Tony that will keep him in the league. Because as Derby County showed us many moons ago, that if, if you don't score, you don't stay up. And they've they've showed, they've showed it up at the back by signing Christoph Ayer from Celtic. But I think... David Brooks would be a great signing for Brentford and maybe he'll swap the seaside for SW6. 
Yeah, I didn't know they had David Ayer. Yeah, he's a football manager legend when I played that game. He's always like the best centre-back on that game. So, yeah, there you go. And um, next in the Premier League title, table is Brighton. Who's got that one for us? Ooh, table, I said table. <laughs> title. Give him it. Give him it. All right, they've got me, it. Me again. Um, going back to the seaside. Um, yeah, and Cook just mentioned um, Christopher Ayer from Celtic. Well, I'm going to Rangers, and we all know Brighton. He struggled to score goals, and this is a little bit of a wild card choice. But Alfredo Morelos has scored goals for Rangers. I think he scored 17 last season, got 13 assists as well. Obviously, the level of the league isn't isn't incredible, but I think you know you can probably get the guy for 15 million or something max. Uh, bring him across, only 25 years old. Let's see how he does in that Graham Potter system. We make a lot of chances, so uh, maybe it's up to Alfredo to, to eat them up. Ooh, I like that, Stan. It's a, like you said, a wild card because he does get sent off a lot and it'd be nice to see him make the step up to the Prem. I mean, he's been a bit of a big fish in a small pond in the SPL for a number of years, but moving from Brighton, Stan, to Burnley, another yeah. one of yours. Kim with me, I've got four of the first five. Um, Burnley, well, bit of a tough one again because I don't know too much about Burnley. We know that Mr Dice likes a specific type of player, not one that um, has a silver spoon or whatever he shouted at Patrick Bamford that time. Um, but, you know, United in mind, another player that I'm thinking of is, is Dan James. I know that Burnley have wanted Dan James, have inquired about him. United aren't that up for letting him go. But with the wing options that United are going to have this season... Even with Rashford being out, you know, Pogba's played on the wing, Martial can play there, Greenwood can play on the wing, Jaden Sancho was obviously coming, and we've got Ahmad who we bought for 30 odd million. Juan Mata's just signed a contract, and when he plays for United, he, he plays on that right wing, uh, whether you like that or not. Um, so uh, the, the probably is space, you know, if you can if you can give United the right amount of money, uh, I think that's a player that would do really well for Burnley. Um, in a 4-4-2 up and down that left or right hand side and, and you know just working hard maybe that's a little bit of end product but you know I'm sure Daishi can hone that in when he's whipping it onto uh, Chris Wood's head definitely I mean it's it sounds that that Burnley obviously as they are every year limited to resources and limited to funds but a team who's definitely not limited to funds at the moment is Chelsea obviously coming off the back of winning the Champions League and they've already sold £60 million worth of players that two of them have never even kicked a ball for the club. So they've they've got money in the bank, so to speak, and it looks like they're going to spend some to get a number nine, whether that be Erling Haaland in the unlikely event that it's him. But the more realistic option, I mean, it's going to be about £110 million is Romelu Lukaku. He's uh, a guy who never got a fair crack at the whip at the first time round at Chelsea. He never got a chance, but understandably so. He's behind Drogba, Torres and Anelka at that point and he was only 18 but he's going to come back to Chelsea if he does indeed come back a much more rounded striker a goal scorer he got 30 goals in 44 games in all comps last year for Inter if the money's right they'll sell because we know that they've got no they've got no backbone Jim mentioned to me earlier that arguably the best wing back Hakimi's left the best centre backs apparently going to Tottenham I uh, forget the last name, um, but and Donnarum has joined PSG, so the league's being depleted, and I think Lukaku would be the missing piece for Chelsea to mount a serious title challenge. I think they'll mount a title challenge this year, but it'll be the difference between third and second, or even first with Lukaku, and they're showing up that defence with Jules Kunde, which looks like that'll be done 
soon as well. So, but the priority for Chelsea definitely a number nine. I think he's likely to come back if after his after his spell uh, saying he's not getting a crack of the whip. I think he's likely to um, give Chelsea a second chance. I mean, I mean, I think his motivation for coming back to Chelsea would be to to win the biggest trophies in the game because I don't think it's a really a money thing with him. I think he genuinely does love the sport and he is happy at Inter because obviously they gave him that chance. But I think realistically, I think he's got unfinished business at Chelsea. I don't think he's completely satisfied with the taste he left in some United fans' mouth because he's a better player than what he showed there. And I think it would be a good match, but like we was on about off mic, Jim, if you're going to spend 110, 120 million for Lukaku, then wouldn't you just pay the difference and get Haaland? So I wouldn't be disappointed if we got Lukaku, but I would rather early in Haaland. But Lukaku is a great second choice. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. Yeah. Haaland would probably be a better business move. Um, but yeah, we'll see what happens there. And Crystal Palace are up next. I don't know who's got that out of you two, but they've done a bit of business already. So what, what, yeah. what have we said about them? Yeah, it's me, the Palace. I'm I'm staying uh, around the London area here. So the player that I've gone to give Palace a bit of a kick up the arse is Jordan Shakiri. So hear me out. So the Shaq experience, he's won a lot. Okay, he's versatile. Can play in the midfield. Can play out wide. Can play as a number ten. Right, technical quality. What that team lacks at the moment as well. Obviously, they've got Zaha and, and Eze but you've got no one who's really got that killer pass. And I think he would he would slot into Palace for not that much money, maybe like 15 million or so, maybe 20 if you were to, to really push the ball out. And mm-hmm. I think that's what they need. They need to establish a consistent front three, front four, because they play 4-4-2, 4-2-3-1 most, uh, well, more often than not. And I could definitely see Shakiri playing in like a number 10 right midfield role in this Palace team. And they've shored up some of that midfield by getting Conor Gallagher on loan from Chelsea for the season. Patrick Vieira sorted that out. And then they went and spent 20 million on a guy that's never actually kicked a ball for Chelsea, who won the under 17 World Cup with Foden, Hudson Odoi, etc., in uh, Mark Gurhey. So I think that'll be a really good signing for Palace. But yeah, Shakiri, I think, could be the difference maker from shoring the defence up to actually getting Palace to score more goals. Oh, what? We go uh, straight into the next one, which I think Jim's got, which is the Toffees from Goodison. Yeah, I'm actually contributing this week. Don't worry. Um, Everton, I've actually gone to my Everton sources on Twitter, so shout out you. I won't mention your name for anonymity. But um, right back seems to be a bit of an issue at Everton. Um, Seamus Coleman has just signed a contract, and that leaves them with Seamus Coleman, who's gone through a big injury in his career and he's old and then they got John Joe Kenny behind him so the course difference between that and that left back with Luca Dina is quite quite telling so um, the player that they will be going after and that they should definitely get after his impressive Euros for Holland is um, Dumfries he's got a lot of um, power and he's very good going forward and you can definitely see him fitting in in Everton's side balancing out the team a bit more and you can see him getting a lot of Luca Dine crosses because he did that a lot at the Euros at the back post scoring in the group stages. So yeah, that would be my pick to um, strengthen Everton in Rafa Benitez's first season, which I can imagine a lot of pressure will be on the former Liverpool man. I like that, Jim. Um, obviously, it gives them the flexibility to play from a back four to a back five, which obviously we know Benitez did at Newcastle. So mm-hmm. you never know. Dumfries and Dine as your wing backs, you could definitely do a lot worse than that. 
Yeah. And yeah. yeah, good business if that was to go through 100%. And I reckon you could get him fa- fairly cheap, maybe around 20, 25 million. Yeah, I, th- I think there's some agreements done, but they're waiting to um, sell a few players before they can raise, they can raise the funds pretty much. Um, so yeah, moving on from Everton, I'm, I'm here again. I'm like, but I'm like a boss. I've come, I've come again. We've leaved. They've had an impressive season last year, first season back after so many years under Bielsa. Um, they've already brought in Firpo um, for the wing position to um, rival Costa and Harrison. And um, I can't remember his name, Rafinha, who was so good last season. It was a bit of a bargain. Um, so I was going to go down the wing route, but I think there's a bit of a burden in midfield on Calvin Phillips and Mateus Quick. Uh, past that, they've, they've asked Stuart Dallas to fit in the role, and maybe that's not good going into a season. Um, again, so I wanted to um, improve in that area. They're after Cagliari's, I think it's Nandez, but he looks like he's off to Inter. Um, so they missed out on him. So the player I picked out is um, City man, City loney, Yangel Herrera, who's impressed at Granada last season. I let him Madrid are in for him. Um, Leeds are said to be interested. Um, he's a technical player, so I'll fit right in with Bielsa. And he's, if Pep's seen something in him, then um, I can imagine he'd fit in that style of play as well. Yeah, he played against United in the Europa League last season and he did stick out for Granada. He was one of the best players. So definitely a Bielsa type player as well, from what I can remember. So yeah, you never know. But we'll move over to the Foxes. Who's got the Foxes? By the way, I'd be very impressed if none of us have named the same player for like a different club here because we haven't really spoken about it either. So we're doing well so far. We're Who's halfway got through almost. Yeah. I, is, that Lester, is that you, Cup? Yeah, it is me. Yeah. I'm the... Uh... I'm about to let the foxes out in the hen house here because I feel like this player, I thought someone would have said this player already and I'm kind of glad that I'm getting in there first. So the the lad that I've picked out for Leicester is Belgium's Jeremy Doku from Rennes. Um, so Ooh. like, yeah, he had a good Euros. Obviously, everyone remem- remembers that run he did. You know, just like that tackle from Congolo, but <laughs> Doku did uh, that run. Um, (laughs) and Leicester could use his pace I'm not going to lie they're pretty slow out wide Albrighton Iosi Perez Dennis Pratt the only one with any real raw pace is probably Harvey Barnes and he's the only one with I'd say pace and trickery to actually get past a player and cause problems especially in that 4-4-2 where they rely heavily on getting the ball wide and one-twos to the byline or crosses from deep but I just think that he would come into Leicester. He's still a bit raw. I think Rodgers is a really, really good coach. Obviously came through the youth ranks at Chelsea as well, so knows all about working with young players. And I feel like Rodgers would make a, a very tidy player out of uh, Jeremy Doku. And Leicester have done some good business already. They've signed uh, Samari Bubakari from uh, Liga Champs, Lille. He's a player I watched quite a lot last year and he's, he's fantastic. Does everything that they need in that midfield, especially with injury-prone players like Ndidi. They, they definitely need him. That's a great signing. And they've also signed, sorry, uh, Zambian striker Patson Daka from RB Salzburg. So it'll be very interesting to see how much Vardy plays next year with that signing. But yeah, Jeremy Doku to Leicester. I, w- I wouldn't like to play um, a high line against Doku, Barnes and Vardy. So I look forward <laughs> to them drubbing us again at the AR this year. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck it hell. Right, so we'll move on from the Foxes to the Liverbird stand. Stan getting Liverpool, yeah. very poetic that is. Me, yeah. I mean, this this again was a difficult one because 
you know, without blowing too much smoke up their ass, I think it's quite difficult to look at that Liverpool side and really say, especially when they got the best 11, where the weak points are, um, especially with how Klopp's system is, um, you know, so without maybe ch- taking one of the three centre mids and putting in a, a specific, you know, 10 or something in there and changing how they play, it's quite difficult to, to do any like for like. So um, what I've gone for is I've actually weirdly tweaked the system a tiny bit and thought that they could do with really getting a striker. And old Jim mentioned this the other day that Mane obviously wasn't at the level that he, you know, he has been for the last few seasons at all last season. Firmino isn't a, a goal scorer, he's a different type of striker. So a player I've thought of for Liverpool, who I'm sure not a lot of people would have thought about, is Tammy Abraham from Chelsea. Now, he's a different type of striker completely to Firmino, but I do think Tammy Abraham's a good striker. I know a lot of Chelsea fans don't want him to go. Um, and I think if he went into that Liverpool side, it'd be a different type of focal point for, for Salah and Mane to work off that isn't, you know, a Firmino, more um, of a target man. And yeah, I, I think he'd naturally get goals in that Liverpool side because I think he's a good good striker. He'd probably get him for 30, 40 million. And we know that FSG aren't going to spend, you know, put it this way, they're not going to be in the conversation with Lukaku and Haaland like Chelsea are. So they're going to have to be smart with the money. And I do think that would be a smart signing. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. A good signing. Another one I seen as well, Jim, uh, from Liverpool fans who do, would actually like back is Danny Ings, if they were to continue. Yeah, same again. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Similar. I, I, do, I do think that's definitely the right position. I think you need to sell one of them three and I'd, I'd, I'd get rid of... You wouldn't get rid of Salah. Um, so you, you probably need a striker to come in and put some pressure up for me, you know, because he had a, a really poor run um, last season. Then he had a really poor spell at one point where they started playing. Jotter over him and he, he wasn't in the lineup for a few weeks. Yeah, it's scary for them as well. Just before we move on to to Man City, Jim, that all the Liverpool front three contracts are up in the exact same year. I believe it's 2023 or 2024, but yeah, they're all up at the exact same time. Yeah, that's why I'm acting now would, would definitely make sense because um, you're in a nightmare situation next season when they've all got one year left in the contract. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And then Klopp's going in 2024, so it could all come tumbling down, Jim. So it's all demon gloom for the pool and you'll be relegated soon. Don't worry, lads. That'll cheer you right up from that Euros final defeat. Um, not that Liverpool fans were allegedly upset about that, anyway. Stop saving. We're moving on to Man City. And um, if I was Trevor Sinclair, Stan, then we'd have said the same play by now because he wants Abraham over Kane at City. All <laughs> <laughs> well, that talks, but... <laughs> yeah. yeah, so yeah, I thought Abraham might be the player that a lot of us mentioned because I think he'd fit in a lot of places. Um, but yeah, this is the easiest one on, on on the list of twenty. I mean, City's transfer business has been the worst kept secret. They want Kane and Grealish. Who is the most important out of them two? It's it's Harry Kane, obviously. I mean, they've got Jesus up front, who's not an out and out goal scorer. He arguably plays his best performances out left or out on the right. Um, young Liam Delap would left as the only natural striker and he looks like he's out on loan for Stoke anyway so I know he won it last year playing a lot of Sterling up front, Torres up front in the Cups and he worked but you can't stand still in this game with United and Chelsea improving, Van Dijk coming back at Liverpool and Harry Kane wants it so he wants Kane he, he makes sense to, to, to sign a player who can play that false nine role but also be a be a goal threat in the box as a number 10 as well. I think he just fit in the city perfectly because his passing is immaculate. His finishing is, is it the best in the world? He could, he could be. Um, he's good in the air as well. So just just pay the money. And there's a lot of reports this week. Obviously, he's not sent up for training twice in a, in a row. He's expected back 
uh, later on this week. Um, so, yeah, if you love to transfer speculations, this is one to get your teeth sank into. But it could go either way, I think, at the minute. Yeah, the transfer window is just a massive game of Chinese whispers in it until the Athletic or Fabrizio or even uh, Gianluca Di Marzio for all you uh, OGs, um, until they say something, it is basically taken with a pinch of salt. But a lad that I just think that United and City now, both, obviously City are going to sign someone. It'll either be one of the two. And United are obviously low-key putting a together a bit of a, a world-class squad, Stan? Yeah. Um, it's, it's yes, I mean, Sancho and Varane, you're signing arguably, you know, two world-class players. Uh, definitely Varane is, and there's arguments with the last two or three seasons that Sancho's one of the best wingers in the world. Definitely one of the best, like, under-23 wingers in the world. So, a bit crazy that we've signed, that we know we, we needed a right winger and we needed a, a centre-back, and not only have we actually got them, we've got, you know, some of the best in class in, in that position. So really, really good, but there's a little bit left to go. Um, and I mean, I don't want to be going too unrealistic considering I said I'd be realistic with Arsenal, but my dream signing for the defensive midfielder position, which I think is the last position that really is the weakest in United side when you look at it, uh, would be Declan Rice. But like I say, probably a little bit too unrealistic with the, you know, 80 million, 100 million kind of figures that we've been hearing um, so a player that I would like to see, um, not being Neves, because I'd take him as well, but I've done him for Arsenal. And this could be risky because he's very strongly linked to uh, our rivals in the northwest in, in Liverpool. And it's, it's Sal Niguez from, from Atletico Madrid. He's had a tough time there, but Solskjaer's mentioned that he wants a midfield that isn't you know specific. It's a midfield that is, is quite well-rounded. Uh, I think Sal is one of those players that is pretty box-to-box. Box. We've got Scott McTominay, he's, he's a box-to-box box player as well. So I think that he will be looking at players of that type of uh, mould and that type of profile to, to come in. And, and again, similar price to Neves, 30-odd million. Probably not too much left in the kitty for United, considering we've spent, you know, 110, 120 on, on those two players, I said before. So a player like that, to be able to get in for 30-odd million after a difficult season for Atleti, he'll probably want to come to England and prove himself uh, and again, another player like Varane and Sancho, he goes straight into that 11. Yeah, 100%. He goes straight into that United team. And just last thing on United, do you think if Saul or even another centre mid, whoever it may be, spells the end of uh, Donny van der Beek's United career, or do you think he's still got something to prove and Solskjaer mm-hmm. still thinks maybe he can force his way into his side? Because obviously we saw a lot of Ajax to show that he is a top player. Yeah, obviously Madrid wanted him as well, so that's all you really need to need to know that he is a good player. But I, there's too many variables. I think that there's you know suggestions that Solskjaer's going to switch to a four three three, so maybe Saul could play there, or I don't know, maybe Matic or whatever. So we're going to have it's not just going to be Bruno in that advanced position. We're going to have somebody else with him. Whether that's going to be Paul Pogba again, another variable. Whether he'll go Van der Beek, Bruno, and somebody else might be too imbalanced if we don't get the right DM. So I think he will play a lot more this season. He only got four starts in the league last season. And I think two of them came in the last four or five games when second was nailed on and we couldn't finish anywhere else. So um, I think he will play a lot more this season, um, especially with Paul Pogba's future being undecided. Matic definitely not getting any younger. Um, We're going to need those bodies in there. And like I say, Lingard looking like he's on the way out. The the doors are opening for for Donny van der Beek. And I do hope he plays because... Tardy player, 
Yeah, he's just got to take his opportunity. Yeah, definitely, definitely. But we'll uh, we'll move on and we'll go to up to right up into the northeast hey. of the country where the magpies lie, Mister Cup. Yeah, um, yeah. This player quite easy for me. This one, genuinely one of the first ones I thought of because I, th- I looked at Newcastle and I saw the team and I thought that midfield is about as thin as Rob Alden's air, and I just needed to to get some someone in because you've got the Longstaff brothers in there, John Joe Shelby and Jeff Hendrick. Is that Premier League centre midfielders? Then no. So the player that I've decided Newcastle could definitely loan and then maybe either loan the next year or buy him, given it went well, is Ross Barkley. I think he's a good ball carrier, exactly what they need. It'd be a big fish in a small pond, so to speak. And it'd lighten the load from creative players, given... Well, in my opinion, there are only two creative players, Almiron and St. Maximan. So if you can get a Ross Barkley in a number 10 position or even in a midfield three, uh, in a 4-3-3, then I think he dramatically improves that midfield because Longstaff, Shelby, Hendrick, shite, not good enough for the Prem. That is a championship midfield. And yeah, there you go, Ross Barkley. Yeah, he's he's definitely a mercurial talent. And if they can hone that in, then like you say, cut, then they've got... um. Got a lot of creativity there and, and a match winner for a midfield. Um, but we'll move straight on and we'll go down to Norwich, who've another side that have been promoted this season. And they've had Emmy Wendia taking off them. And, you know, I know we'll go back to Grealish again, but the rumours are that if Grealish does go to City, that Villa will be going knocking on Norwich's door again for Todd Cantwell, who was the other winger in that side. So whether that happens, I don't know, but... For them, Buendia was such a massive player for them in the Premier League, even when they got relegated and was absolutely huge in getting them promoted this season. So to lose him when they've come up, it's, it's going to be a big hit. But we see it a lot where a team comes up and they take off a team that has just been relegated. And if I was Norwich, I'd be looking to do the same with Mateus Pereira, who's just gone down with West Brom. Um, obviously, he's released that statement saying he wants out. And I know West Brom, Cook's told me they want something around 30 million, which, you know... Norwich have the money because I think they, I think they sold Buendia for something similar to that, not not too far from that. But if Mateus Pereira is pushing his way out, you can probably work that down to maybe, you know, 25 and maybe even 22, 23. So he would replace that, you know, star quality, that creativity. Because I do think he, he he pulled his weight for, for West Brom last season, one of their best players, especially second half of the season. So I'd be I'd be taking a risk on him work going on to that right-hand side. Yep. Well said. And another team I think should take a risk on a player. Back in the SPL stand, we've gone for Southampton <laughs> and I've gone for them to sign Odson Edouard, the Celtic number nine. Danny Ings has got 12 months left in his deal, turned down a four-year contract from Saints. I think he's going to go, whether they like it or not. They'll either get something for him or they'll let him go for free and just guarantee 15 league goals next season with him, which he's very capable of getting. But I think in a 4-4-2, Saints could do a lot worse than get Odson Edouard. They've just replaced Ryan Bertram with Romain Pedouard from uh, Brest. And they've got Chelsea's Academy Player of the Year, Tino Liveramento, who they signed today, who is a right-back, right-wing-back. So Saints doing everything in defence to shore that up. But yeah, they need a forward. And I think Odson Edouard's the man. Yeah, I did look at him for Brighton, but I went across to the other side of Glasgow and picked uh, picked Alfredo. And and not to not to worry, but there's four teams left. I've not got any left, and we we haven't picked the same player yet for any team. So. 
Whether you're looking at your pieces of paper and there's there's a player there, then you know you might want to stick to it. You might want to try and improv and make a new one. But we'll go straight over to Tottenham, who, like yeah. Cook said, have just signed. Well, I'll let you speak, Jim. Sorry, not not well, my. Well, I mean, this morning when I wrote oh, this, um, he, he hadn't signed. So um, yeah, Tottenham. I went I went to another informant and listened to the podcast, Kyle. Um, he's been on the podcast uh, with Jan and Toby leaving a couple of years. Uh, Jan Foyth leaving. Pretty light at centre back. Um, Dyer, Davis, and Sanchez, Jefferson, Tanganga, uh, Carter Vickers. It's, it's not great, is it? So they need someone who can come straight into that starting 11. And it looks like they're signing out Atlanta's uh, Romero. Um, Fabrizio Romano, literally, as we were going to record this podcast, give it the here we go 50 million euros plus 5 million euro add ons. So that was my pick. And it looks like it's Looks like it's pretty much over the line. It's it's definitely what they need. Um, I was going to go up to right back. I think they don't have great options there, but Doherty could um, revitalise his form under his former managing Nuno um, in his first season at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. Yeah, I forgot about that. To be honest, yeah, I forgot they was on a, a link up from Wolves, but yeah. but yeah, yeah. I hundred percent agree. They've got, they've obviously got that centre back in there, but if Kane goes, do you think quick quick business top of my head? Ings to Tottenham? Uh, I yeah. think they should definitely be up for a striker if they can't keep all the Kane. But yeah. I think plan A is keep all the Kane. Uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, obviously that, that's the priority, but if it doesn't happen, you could do a lot worse than get Ings in as a, a quick fix, so to speak. But we'll move on, Jim, from another one of yours. We're going to go from Spurs yeah. to Watford. Yeah, to Watford, newly promoted. Bit of a yo-yo club um, in, in my career and I listened to some of the signs. They've already brought in some players. Um, a lot of free agents, a lot of experience. Um, Josh right. King from Everton. It could be a it could be a tidy sign on a free. Um, Danny no, Rose and no. a free transfer got the experience. So I've seen where they're kind of heading. Um, lots of the squad and the centre backs. They brought in a young lad from Grimsby, I believe, Mike Pollock. Um, but the rest of them, they, they lack a lot of Premier League experience. And the ones that do have Premier League experience are. Quite old players, um, Craig Kafka and Cabasetier, who have proven that they can't keep the team up as much as whatever what fans think about them. So I've gone in the free agency market and Gary Cahill, um, former oh, Chelsea man. Um, he had 20 appearances for Crystal Palace last season, so he's 35 now. Um, but we've seen it. A few of the other players can still do it in the Premier League. Gary Cahill's definitely got the experience. And I feel like that's, that's what a team like Watford could do with because they're a bit... They're a bit up and down and they can go from one extreme to the other. I've seen the most recent year, so a bit of solidarity. So I've gone for Gary Cahill. Oh, we we so nearly had the same player then. I no changed. Oh, yeah, wow. yeah. So I, I've got West Ham now. I, <laughs> I was so close to getting Gary Cahill on a free. I was so close to putting him in there. Argued the fact that he was going to be in a back free, but his age would be protected, this, that, and the other. But I settled on Eric Bailly, right? Hear me out. I went for Eric Bailly, right? Again, back three. West Ham have already tried to sign Kurt Zuma, so they're, they're in for a centre-back, evidently. And their options at centre-half for a team that plays a back three, Cresswell, Craig Dawson, Issa Diop and Angelo Ogbonna. Again, it's it's all right, but it's not it's not good enough. And I think if you can put Bailly in there with uh, the addition of uh, Alphonse Areola as well from PSG, I think that does shore up that back line a lot for for um, West Ham and I think Bailly would be he's, st- he's still a bit raw and obviously he's a bit injury prone but I do like Bailly and I think it's definitely some experience because obviously he's played in a few finals for Man United and 
I just think he's a good player with still some promises. I don't think he's still that old, but yeah, I think West Ham should get him. But I was very close to giving him Gary Kayo. Well, Bayou's bound to give you some highlights, whether they be um, own calls or of the opposite. So, I mean, it's entertainment, and that is what football's all about. It um, is. So, so, to round off this one, I've got, I've got Wolves, and I've shit out this a bit because they've already signed him. Uh, <laughs> I've got a drink out. Um, I mean, also, the Wolves squad is mean, pretty good. I'm not going to lie. I mean, if they lose Neves, then, I mean, they might have options at midfield, but Gibbs White has made a big step up in preseason. He's tipped to be one of their better players in preseason and tipped to start at the start of the season. So, um, last season, they had a lot of reliance on. Podence and Neto, it kind of like them two will just dribble and there would be no connection between the whole team. They've got a new manager in now, so they're playing a different style of football. Jimenez has scored his first goal in preseason on his return from his oral head injury last season. So Adam Atroyo is playing a bit more football. So I think they can be a bit more of an attacking threat because that's why I always was disappointed about watching Wolves last season. I think they're a great side, they've got great fans, they've got a lot of great players and they just don't give you enough um, entertainment value and they definitely don't ask enough questions of the opposing team. So with Trincao coming in, um, he's, a, he's a tricky player and he can hopefully link up with Podence and Neto. And even if the highly rated young Neto was to go, then they have that player now to um, back him up. And there you have it, listeners. We've told you, the Cookie Pod boys have informed you of all 20 Premier League teams, who they should sign if they want to stay up, get European football, win the title, get the top four, whatever they want. We've told you you should sign. You make sure that your clubs go and do it. And while you're there, like and subscribe the video on YouTube. Obviously, you can find us TTW TCC podcast. Just search that in onto YouTube. And yeah, let everyone know where they can find us. We're available on Spotify and Apple Podcast, as well as our uh, distributing platform, Anchor FM. So thank you for listening. It's been a transfer special, and that's the way the cookie crumbles. Do it.